0: To Tales from the Abyss, the music of Bonorama, their cover of War Pigs, Black Sabbath, Warpig, New Orleans own Bonorama. Folks, welcome to a um uh, Friday the thirteenth, part eight and nine reviews. And we have brought back our fellow in house now corresponder uh Jay Linderman to do this with us today. Jay, how are you? I'm glad. Had a great Thanksgiving. I can't complain. The pangolin came out great. I roasted it to perfection. I had some spices in it, and I hope that uh, those that had turkey may reconsider next year to try a pangolin. <laughs> I have to try that before. Yes, you should. So, Jay, we have a uh, we have a big, big problem in our hands because we are reviewing this week two of the most hated movies in the franchise. Yeah, but I actually like him because I went to see Part 8 in the movie theater. Okay. And, uh, Jay, the only thing that I had to do for Part 8 is that I would have to put the uh, hockey mask myself and take care of this goons because that was the one, the characters that I hated the most were the ones in this one. The director, Rob Heaton, and he decided that he wanted nothing to do with... uh, Crystal Lake, he said that it was a a boar fest and that he could do much better. And he wanted to have Jason fight in Madison Square Garden, in the outskirts of Madison Square Garden. Also kill somebody in a department store and ultimately take a dive from the Statue of Liberty in the middle of a confrontation.
1: Which would have been awesome to see.
0: Which would have been awesome to see. Unfortunately, there's a thing called money. (laughs) and I could mention a lot of politicians, but I don't want to get in trouble, and the comments made by me are by me and by me only, but just like there's a lot of politicians that take a nap during math class, this director (laughs) took a nap during math class, and he was not counting on the fact that uh, at some point somebody had to pay for this, so they had to go to Vancouver, British Columbia, Los Angeles, and just a few scenes in Times Square, Yes, Um, uh, like you said, it's got to do with money
1: and uh, unfortunately his plot was a little too ambitious so they had to do what they could to make Canada
0: look like the Big Apple. Correct, and that was not a success but I hated each and every one of the characters in this movie except for (laughs) Jason so I was very happy to see each and every one of them get eliminated.
1: (laughs) I agree with you. There uh, There is a lot Wrong with this movie, um, and not just the characters. This, it's really, I mean, for let's face it, a lot of the plot lines on Friday the 13th may not make a whole lot of sense, but part eight's
0: plot line made complete zero sense whatsoever. And Jason gets dragged in a uh, cruise ship and he ends up in New York, or he ends up coming inside the a cruise ship and starts taking people out. I was at the movie theater when I was watching this, so of course I enjoyed it, being young and right. being in a movie theater. But, yeah, it made absolutely no sense. The ending was even worse when he turned into a kid again, without no explanation.
1: Right, yeah, that, that got me too. I, did, I didn't get it whatsoever. I wasn't trying
0: to... Uh, actually, I just couldn't figure out their reasoning nothing none whatsoever it was of uh, it made 14.3 million bucks it was the biggest flop of the franchise and it was it went against um Nightmare on Elm Street 5 The Dream Child Halloween 5 uh Michael Myers Revenge and uh one of my favorite movies that part 2 wasn't not all that but Friday Night Part 2 Oh yeah the
1: original Friday Night is definitely a classic um I, I haven't seen part two in a really long time
0: though. same here I mean I was, I watched it because I'm a horror fan but it was not a not nothing that it was nowhere near as good as one you know part one that uh that that man Sarandon that was Susan Sarandon's first husband that's why her name is Susan Sarandon right uh,
1: yeah he was also the cop in Child's Play against Chucky correct yep yep but uh in defense of Friday the 13th, part eight, it did come out in 1989. And if you recall, that was the summer of huge movies. Um, you had Tim Burton's Batman that year, yep. Ghostbusters 2, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, uh, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. So there was a lot out there for for people to choose from.
0: To, yeah, to compete, to compete the competition. But even with the horror movies, uh. By that point, we had already covered that in our last review that uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were making a better, uh, better profits than uh, than the Friday the Thirteenth franchise was bringing in. So they were competing <laughs> against Five Dream Child, which was great.
1: It was, I like the Dream Child. Um, I didn't like it as much as I, as I did as some of the other ones, but I also believe Nightmare on Elm Street Five was kind of where. Uh, the whole Freddy
0: thing was dying out. It was coming to an end. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. It was. It was already starting to take a turn for the worse, and so was uh the Michael Myers uh, time time. Uh, the they were messing with the timeline, and they were they didn't know what they wanted to do with that. I guess a lot of those movies were taking it. They were taking a turn for the worse. They needed somebody to boost them up and do it right. And of course, this man here had a great idea, but he just didn't have the budget and. He should have just kept it simple, the old kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. But
1: <laughs> I, I agree. And,
0: and that's when he ruined it.
1: Exactly. Um, I mean, it, it, I think it may have been one of those situations too, where you know, like these other movies that we mentioned. You know, Friday the Thirteenth was running out of steam too. I mean, it was kind of limping to the finish line here, so. I think the director was asked to do something ambitious, but yet he couldn't, Um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, if there's any good thing about part eight that I can really think about, I mean, it was the return of
0: Kane honors, Jason. That was it, that and the fight on the top of the building in which Jason knocks the boxer's head off with one punch. Oh, yeah, that's without a doubt a classic, and.
1: Uh, from what I remember about Part 8 as well is, if, you can find it on YouTube, but um, there's a teaser trailer that's about a minute and a half long um, that was actually better than the entire movie, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. I believe it, you. It, it, it starts off, like, you don't know what it is, and it, you know, the... Figure turns around and it's Jason in New York. I remember seeing that same trailer, you know, when I was probably nineteen years old. Yeah, and um, I love that movie trailer. That's my
0: favorite Friday the Thirteenth trailer. It's just too bad a crappy movie came with it. Yeah, I think that the, the promotion for the movie was better than the movie because he went and did the rounds in the late night talk talk uh, shows. Yeah, with Arsenio Hall. Yeah, and in entertainment uh tonight he did a few appearances for this. And yep. of, of course they took the iconic I Love New York uh poster and then they got a. Uh, they were headed towards a lawsuit so they had to change it. Now you can still find that poster years later, but the uh Oh yeah, the the uh the one
1: with the hockey mask where the heart's supposed to be.
0: Yep. And they were very upset about that and they didn't yep. wanted nothing to do with it. Oh, I mean, you're right.
1: That I do, I, mean, I remember the promotion of the movie more than I remember the movie
0: itself back in the day. The movie so, itself, yeah. Now, they were obnoxious. The people that he was killing on this one, the, 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 who was it? Was it the president of the school or the dean? The principal, yeah. The principal, um, yeah. He was, oh, God, he was awful. And then yeah, even the, was, the, the slime, the, 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 the disgusting ass uh, people that were trying to set him up. Uh huh The girl and, his, and her camera man Right
1: were... the, the guy with the glasses Yeah they were trying to They were trying to frame I forgot what it was for But I know they were trying to frame him And then they also had the character That played the guitar
0: Right Yep, yep. I forgot all about him
1: Yeah Um But That character She died fairly quickly So We didn't <laughs> have to suffer through that one too long <laughs> Um yeah, the the characters in this one are like you mentioned they're they're very they're far superior as compared to some of the other ones.
0: Yep. Another scenario that was coming out, out of this, they wanted to have Tina Shepard. The other thing that they were working on was to have her that she was in a camp somewhere helping children out, and she had remarried a a shrink. And they were just helping. She was helping a, a series of children that had the same ability that she had. Right. But that went nowhere. And nope. that that would have been a better movie too.
1: Well, I mean, once again, an interesting premise that um got thrown out for one one reason or another. So, I mean, the the title of the movie is or the subtitle is Jason Takes Manhattan, it
0: should have been Jason Takes a Boat Ride. Jason Takes a Carnival Cruise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Full family <laughs> package, everything. <day. laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's ready to go. got the dream packages. he's just there to slay and drink. <laughs> oh my but, God. Uh, it's just a it's a terrible movie and I rewatched it uh not too probably about a year ago not so not too long ago and um I remember watching it and being uh
0: thoroughly disappointed all over again. Well, if that one disappointed you, uh, anything else that you want to add to it, or are we gonna move into the uh, our next victim of the night? Well, um, I will say this real quick to
1: end with part eight that it was a very cool idea that they had originally come up with. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we got what we got, and it also left with a bunch of issues of how did they get how did the while their cruise ship on a lake that goes to the ocean. You know, a lot of fan theories out there about that. But, uh, you know, all in all, I mean, there's what, there's 12 Friday the 13th movies and I think I have part 8 ranked
0: at number 11. Yeah. It was that bad. Yeah. It was that bad,
1: unfortunately. So, I mean, it's not quite the worst, but it pretty much is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely, everybody picks up on it. You know, a lot of people hate it. They are like, they give it a hard time. There's nothing I can say about it other than then I watch it because Jason is in it, but that's about it.
1: Well, I mean, it was the last one produced by Paramount until the remake. Back, uh-huh. Yep. So it was kind of an end of an era because I think there was what, only one or two years throughout the 80s where we didn't have a Friday the 13th movie. That's right. So it was the end of an era because... You know, eventually, uh, I guess which that's what we're about to get into. You know, the Jason character was picked up by New Line Cinema. And so we're off on another adventure.
0: Correct. Which is the reason why they could not use the name Friday the 13th. And it had to be Jason Goes to Hell.
1: Right. and it, it, You know, I just mentioned... Um, I had Part Eight at number eleven on
0: my list as being at the bottom. Well, I've got Jason go to Hell at number twelve. <laughs> <laughs> it made fourteen point three million bucks. It was a flop, and it went against. No, this one. Let me see which this one go went to. Oh no, this one was. Uh, it was a flop. A budget of three million dollars. It brought back fifteen point nine director. Uh, Adam Marcus directed this uh this movie. I loved the beginning of the movie. I thought the the the, the way that it started it was great because you knew something was going to happen, and the lady turned out that she was setting him up.
1: Mm, correct.
0: And once again, it was the second time in the whole franchise that we can see Jason being uh totally outplayed.
1: Right. Oh, Yeah. She definitely set him up, blowing to to bits. And. I remember, I remember I snuck into the movie theater to see this with a friend of mine back in the day because I wasn't quite of age really to go to a rated R movie. Right. And, um, I remember sitting in the theater and watching that and being totally surprised at how they killed off Jason in the first, you know, couple minutes. And, and so, I mean, that left it to like, well, if Jason's
0: blown up, well, I mean, how are they going to do this? And um, Kane Hodder makes an appearance as one of the guards
1: yep he did at the, um, at the hospital yep at the hospital uh, the coroner uh, rolls the now in pieces Jason into, uh, into the hospital uh, and finds his still beating black
0: heart and uh, I guess got a case of the munchies and decided to take a big bite out of it Oh and, my then, God. and then from there let the body swap him begin. Yep and it was it had a little bit of for me it had some of that old school uh sci-fi flavor to it.
1: It did. It had a um sort of like an invasion of the body snatchers.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what we're used to. This was uh Paramount's uh No it was not not Paramount like.
1: No, no. It, even from the opening scene it's definitely got a different look and feel to it. I mean, it you can definitely tell Paramount um, did not produce this for, you know, $3 million. Nah. No.
0: And then people were very upset because they'd like Jason to be the, uh, the, 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 just the, uh, the, the uh, a single child. And uh, this one had him with family.
1: Yeah, which I'd like to know where they came from.
0: Yeah, because they were the only ones that could kill him. Yeah,
1: and with a special
0: dagger. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> special I mean? da- dagger that we, we never knew where it came from or why all of a sudden from him drowning and turning into what he turned into because his mother got killed by one of the campers because she was a loon that tried to kill them all. Oh, yeah. But yep. now there's a special dagger that can kill this evil being.
1: Yeah, which came from a some sort of bounty hunter, I believe. Yes. Um, which, to be honest, he was the only that the bounty hunter. I believe his name was Creighton Duke, and he was probably the best character in the movie.
0: Yes, because he was he was the only one with legitimate uh, acting chops to his credit. Oh yeah, I forget his real name, but um,
1: from what I remember reading about and watching documentaries and stuff, that he was he's been in quite a few things. Yeah,
0: I thought he had been on 21 Jump Street. I could be wrong. I'll have to go and look him up later. I'm not sure.
1: But uh, he was easily the best character. Um, and a little tidbit I found out was, uh, you know, in the beginning of the movie when that coroner is going over Jason's body? Yep. That that actor was actually um, George Washington Duke in Rocky Five. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I noticed that the, uh, the doctor. Ago.
0: What, what's that? The doctor, right? The coroner. Yeah, the coroner. Yes, there, he there, was. No. I've seen his action figure is very expensive. <laughs> no, his I action figure for Rocky V is very expensive. He's a promoter of Rocky V. He's like mocking yep. Don King. Correct, yeah. Yes, he's a Don yes. King
1: character. <laughs>
0: yes, 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 yes. I have seen his action figure is worth like 70 almost almost $100.
1: Oh man, he's talking about
0: another crappy movie, Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to get into the Rocky Five. That was uh Tommy uh Tommy Tommy the Duke? Tommy the Duke Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he fought uh yeah, Sylvester Stallone, he usually uh he's the king of the one uh the first installment, but from there on out he gets a little bit crazy after a while. Oh yeah. Well
1: I'm a big Stallone fan Me too. too and I grew up watching his movies and so forth with my dad. And um, I've seen all the Rocky movies a million times. They do get a little ridiculous. But um, Rocky 5 is by far the only one I really don't like watching.
0: I got in trouble the other day because I called Rocky 4 a Christmas movie.
1: You know, that's a good point because... The movie itself, Rocky Four, was released around the holidays, if I remember. And, you know, the end fights
0: on Christmas. Yep. And then Rocky trains in the snow, which is probably one of the most badass movie montages you're ever going to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he trains out there rugged and
1: Oh, yeah, man. It, if you can chop down the tree in 10 seconds, you got my vote. <laughs> 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 but, um... I don't know if i consider it
0: exactly a Christmas movie, but mm. it definitely takes place at Christmas. Yes, it takes place at Christmas. Yeah. So this one right here, we go all the way they wanted to introduce uh, uh, Freddy Krueger, so bad. Mm-hmm. This was uh, Paramount's big moment. So Jason looks like something that you put in a microwave when you're learning how to use a microwave. Oh, Yeah.
1: Like straight up,
0: a uh, blown up Play-Doh man. Yeah, but at the end he's at this uh, park, and he's uh, flipping people over from the children's uh children's said mm-hmm. And then they he finally gets the magical dagger of the truth, or whatever the hell the magical dagger is called.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we all right. see
0: all this beats and pieces flying off of him. And when that took place, I said, those are the victims flying away to finally be at peace. That's what I said. Who knows? They probably couldn't come up with something of showing like spirits leaving his body. That would have been cool. But
1: yeah, I don't, you know, and then you remember he had those big hands or whatever to come down. And
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> It was like hands from, from hell. It was supposed to be like something out of... Uh, Something that was coming from the lungs of hell.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it looks like it was done in some shed in backwoods West Virginia somewhere because those were fixed. I remember not liking those effects at all.
0: Nope. And the mask ended up and then the dog comes to uh, lick the, uh, the mask. Mm-hmm. And he finally, something calls him away, the little pup. And that's when Freddy Krueger comes out of the ground and ram he'd take that yep. thing all the way to hell
1: which is also Kane Hunter's hand wearing the Freddy glove
0: that's what it was right yep yeah cause they couldn't I mean it would make no sense just to call uh, Robert England just to do that if they're not gonna yep. show his face
1: oh yeah I mean they, he probably would've that 10 second shot would've cost him a million or so <laughs> you know yeah but uh, yeah that that was I mean, if there was any good parts that Jason goes to hell it's that it's the last 10 seconds
0: just all the and way you, to the end basically you gotta wait for all
1: oh yeah I mean you gotta sit there and watch you know crap go across the screen for you know hour and a half to get to the last 10 seconds
0: <laughs> yeah or
1: to see what uh, me as a horror fan and you as well of course uh, to see something we've been waiting to see Pretty much our whole life up to that point.
0: Yeah, because they've been teasing that there was going to happen for a while
1: now. Oh, yeah, because, well, remember, I think, yeah, we talked about it a little bit on our last, uh, the last time we spoke and how they originally started talking about it for uh, part seven. Right. Which ev- eventually became the new blood. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely like if this, if Freddie J- versus Jason could have been done. Around eighty six, eighty seven. It probably, it very well could have been the highest resting horror movie ever made.
0: Yeah, because it had the fan base was there for it,
1: big time. And at that time, both movies or both franchises were very popular.
0: Yes, that so, would that would have been a hit. Oh, absolutely! It's you know that's kind of like.
1: You know, Stallone and Schwarzenegger finally get together in Expendables, but by two thousand ten nobody cared. But if they had done it in nineteen eighty nine, it would have been the biggest movie ever.
0: Yeah, had they had they done the Expendable with all them guys back then, yeah, that would have been that would they would they would probably not even have to worried about uh losing money in that planet Hollywood.
1: Oh, no, you give me I I still I love the expendables and me too. I'm a huge action movie fan as well. I'm I'm a fan of movies in general, but I love action movies and the expendables are you know it's a fun they're fun watches. It, it's it's a
0: good thing to kind of sit down and be entertained for 2 hours. Right? Which that's what it's all about. It's like me with my this time of year is my uh James Bond movies. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I actually got just got done watching um the Four Lethal Weapons last
0: week. Oh, those are... That's what I was going to go into since we have a lot of time to burn. Right. Because we're not doing a Jason X. We're going to do that some other time. Um, okay. What are your, your top uh, five or top ten Christmas movies? Because I got mine. I was working on that on Facebook. Somebody sent me a uh, one of those ad things, a challenge. Yeah. You know, I,
1: some people say the movie I'm about to talk, or mention, some people say it is, some people say it's not, but I'm going with Die Hard.
0: That's me. Die Hard 1 and 2.
1: Um, Die Hard is actually my favorite action movie of all time. And the first one. Um, so, and when I think of Christmas, I have to watch Die Hard, at least the original one at some point. So, um, and Die Hard 2 is a is a uh good sequel to follow that oh my god that movie's awesome i mean it's, there's a lot of machismo going on on those movies lots of explosions and for it to be set around the holidays and christmas time it's pretty cool so yeah. i always try to i'd always try to watch them um you know this time of year
0: yeah if you ever been in a in a in an airport around the christmas holidays then part two you definitely can relate
1: oh absolutely oh well especially Back then, not so much now probably. But um oh yeah, that I can only imagine and I can imagine a scenario like that would be pretty frightening. you know, you know, towards the end of the Die Hard Two everybody because that uh that jerk of reporter, that dickhead, whatever his name whatever his name was, got the uh, report out so everybody in the airport panicked. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh it's um I can definitely picture something like that, but the first two diehards are are very good examples, in my opinion,
0: of a Christmas yeah. movie. And and a uh, uh, Lethal Weapon one. Yeah, I watched that one last weekend. Uh, the four lethal weapons, I think they're all four of them are, are pretty good in their own right. But that first one, that yeah. first
1: one's a classic, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I love it. that one came out around Christmas. It's a Christmas movie for me, I think. I, yeah.
1: I can see that because when I think about Christmas movies too, I think about Lethal Weapons as well.
0: Yeah, and then uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation.
1: Yeah, I, I know the one that I only watch once a year, and that's like the you know a few days before Christmas.
0: That's awesome. Uh, that's an awesome
1: movie. I I love. It. I could probably quote that movie word for, <laughs> word for word. But, uh, I've seen it so many times.
0: Cousin uh, Eddie. <laughs> What's that? Cousin Eddie.
1: Oh, Cousin Eddie is the man. (laughs) He is the man. Like, he is that... I was
0: born and raised in Macon, Georgia, and everybody has an uncle that's just a little nuts. Yeah, so you've met this character before. uh, I'm pretty sure I have within a few different people. Oh, no, my daughter's home. Hang on a second. Take your time. Folks, this is live. We're recording this. This is... Oh, it's fine. Come on in. So,
1: we'll talk to you. All right, no problem. What happened? All
0: right. Let me go over my... Yeah, I'm here. I'm going over. Oh, you're good. You're good. Like I said, this is this is. We don't rehearse this. We do it as a. We do it live. We don't edit. We. Uh,
1: She was supposed to spend the night off, but unfortunately, uh, but uh, fortunately, she decided to come home. So that's good. Yep.
0: Yes, sir. So plank trains and automobiles.
1: You know, it's been a long time since I've seen that. Um, That is one I got to go back and watch because John Candy's. Hilarious, and I used to be a pretty big Steve Martin fan
0: back back in those days. So I need to rewatch that one. John Candy makes this movie.
1: Oh yeah, John Without, Candy. Yeah, you know, God rest his soul, but he was a uh, a very good comedian. Yeah. Um, his comedic timing was great. He had some great movies.
0: Now here's one that could be a Christmas movie. And also a horror movie. For me, it is both. Yet I only watch it around the Christmas holidays, and that is Gremlins. Gremlins
1: brings back a lot of memories. Yes. From when I was a kid. Um, If you watch it now, you're like, how in the hell is this movie rated
0: PG? (laughs) (laughs) I guess because it was Steven Spielberg. It was, but you got to think,
1: too, the PG-13 rating didn't come out till what,
0: 84, I
1: 84, think? 84, yeah so, yeah. so I think Gremlins, if I remember right, Gremlins was one of those movies that kind of pushed to get that rating done.
0: Yeah, because it was him. He's got a lot of weight in Hollywood back then. I mean, he probably st- he still does, but if yeah. somebody could make them do what what needed to be done, it was him. Because even when they're describing things in that movie, the girl's telling that her father died during Christmas coming down the fireplace. hmm Even that was sad.
1: Oh, yeah, that whole story about her father broke her neck. And yeah. But the thing was, too, I remember when the movie came out, it was
0: really heavily marketed as somewhat of a child, like a children's movie. <laughs> yeah, that was no children's movie. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it
1: was far from being a kid's movie, I mean, far from it.
0: Part two was even more insane.
1: Part two was the movie. Uh, it's like they just threw in everything. They everything. tried to parody every
0: single thing. Yes, yes. So, part- I mean, they had a they had a parody of even with Hulk Hogan. Yes, yes, yes. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but I mean, it was yeah. This part two is like it's like a, a Mad Mad Magazine uh, spoof on Gremlins come to life. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. They threw everything in there, including the kitchen sink.
0: Yes, yes. And then another one is Batman Returns.
1: Batman Returns.
0: Michael Uh, Keaton. Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. uh, Danny DeVito.
1: Right. I do remember that. Um, Oh, you know what? I even forgot that was even Sid at Christmas. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that was... That's a very dark Batman movie. It is. It's really dark. Uh, I remember seeing it in the theaters and being all excited about it. But I will
0: say Michelle Pfeiffer was a great Catwoman. She was. Uh, DeVito was a very sick and demented penguin. Yeah, he was a lot of blasphemy in that story.
1: And then you yeah, have Christopher Walken being Christopher Walken. So. <laughs> yeah, he
0: can't do no wrong.
1: No, he, he's a nutcase anyway.
0: Yep, and then the rest of the ones that I have as Christmas movies, that one will start a fight anywhere. Outside of Georgia, I would probably be, uh somebody would probably buy me a shot and a beer, because uh, Big Jake and the War Wagon. Wow, yeah. Now, you know, I, if I say that in Georgia, nobody's going to be like, get the hell out of here.
1: Oh, no, man, that's a free bar to have.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> well, those are my two Christmas movies that... uh that I'm, I love all year round, but I usually watch them around this time, and those are two of my favorite uh, Duke Wayne's movies.
1: Yeah, we always uh, with our kids. We always watch Elf. Elf with Will Will Ferrell.
0: Yes, here's another one that I got for Christmas: uh, Step Brothers.
1: I love Step Brothers.
0: Me too. That uh, was uh, that. That's just a funny movie from beginning to end.
1: I can quote that whole movie backwards and forwards. Um, when I was in the military several years ago, when that movie came out, uh, me and my buddies, we watched that movie over <laughs> and over between Step Brothers and Tropic Thunder. We watched those two movies yeah. over and over almost every day.
0: Tropic Thunder.
1: Yeah, so that's a fantastic comedy.
0: Robert Downey Jr. stole the show with that one.
1: Oh, he did. And I... Another one of those movies I could probably quote from beginning to end.
0: Jay, how long have you been out of the service?
1: I got out in 2009, so I've been out for
0: a while. Oh, you've been out for a while.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and hey, Jay, were you the one that uh, was telling me about Shutter, the app?
1: Yes, it's on Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah, no, I have it. I have the, the channel itself.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I love it.
0: And I was going to tell you, and our, our listeners too, there is a series in there that I watched. I started watching it Saturday, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I spent almost seven hours between uh, pausing and, and going back to it, and it's called Wolf Creek. Is it based off the movie? Yes, I'm pretty sure it's based off the movie. Is with this American family that goes uh, they go on vacation in, in, in Australia. And it has Robert Taylor, the actor from uh, Longmire, the uh, series. Okay. And the, I have
1: not watched that yet. I've I've seen the movie. I saw a movie a long time ago when it first came out, but that's it.
0: No, this is this is much better than the movie.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Huh. This well, I is. Can check that out. Yeah. Um, shudder has got a bunch of good stuff. They. Uh, God, what is, I've, have you seen that? Nicolas
0: Cage movie, Mandy. Oh, yeah, I've seen Mandy, and I, I love that movie. It was
1: uh, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage at its
0: best in that movie. <laughs> yes, and yes, and he, uh, that movie was very original. That was not something that you get to see all the time in horror. Oh, no,
1: that was, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's not every day you get to see a drugged-up Nicolas Cage with a bloody face.
0: In a chainsaw fight. In a ginormous chainsaw fight. Yep,
1: yeah, which was amazing.
0: He has another one in there. It's called Rain Something or something like that. Uh, what was it called again? It's Rain, Rain Something. It's, it's it's about him and his family and they go somewhere and they got this drug addicts. Or... It's a real trippy, colorful movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I've, I've been meaning to.
1: I saw him in Color Out of Space. That's the one. Is that it? Yeah, I watched it it, uh, when it first came out. I liked it. It was pretty
0: good. Yeah, I got to check that out. Today I was watching Black Sabbath with Boris Karloff. Oh, wow, going
1: black and white. No, this is color. Uh, Okay, yeah, I I saw one one time a long time ago. It was in black and white. No, this one is color.
0: It's
1: three stories. Nice. I've not, wow, I haven't seen
0: the one in color. Wow, it's been a long time
1: since I thought
0: about that movie. It is, um, it, it is uh, very good. Shudder's got some good stuff in there. Italian classics.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, a movie that uh, me and some friends of mine have had
0: arguments over is the movie uh, The Mist. Yeah, I've seen it.
1: And so I want to ask you, what do you
0: think about the ending? Um, I like it, but I'm a big fan of uh, dark endings. Like, I'm a big fan of Miami Vice. And the uh, the actors are and the stories is all sometimes colorful and bad acting but Michael Mann at the end always gave his his, his series and his movies and everything that dark touch. Yep, he does. That left you knowing that life doesn't have a happy ending. Right. And that's what I like about that movie The Mist that had they waited a little bit longer and I'm not giving away any spoilers that movie's been out forever. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah, it's been out a long time but I just remember the first time I watched that movie and saw the ending it sat there and watched all of the end credits and thinking to myself what did I just watch
0: <laughs> that one was uh the one that really messed with my mind was the one where the um uh, they have a trilogy actually the last one they had uh this meant uh, from Cheers uh it's the one where they have a giant aliens that lands on earth on New Year's Eve Field. Yeah, Cloverfield. Because no matter you know, I, no matter what the world did, they lost.
1: Yeah, I I saw the first one, the original one, and then I saw that Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes, which was pretty good. I actually liked it better than the first one. Um, I've not seen the
0: newest one that was on Netflix, that Cloverfield Paradox or something like that. Yeah, that wasn't uh, I've that not good. seen that one yet though. It wasn't that good.
1: Uh, I heard it was bad, and so I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't bother with it, really.
0: Now, here's uh, another uh, classic. Let me see if you've seen this one, Mortuary. I have not. With uh, Bill Paxson. Mortuary. Yeah, may he rests in peace. I was a young Bill Paxson, um, and he was just awesome on this one. He it's It's got a little bit of a psycho in it. Okay, no, i have
1: to check that out. That I'm is not, a classic you know. that
0: is a classic and you would definitely love that movie.
1: Well, since you got Shudder, were you able to check out that documentary uh in Search of Darkness?
0: Yes, I'm like an hour into it.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's four and a half hours long, yeah altogether. But yes. you know, I had to watch it in a couple nights,
0: but uh very good. So that's, that's where we're uh Jay, before we send them home, um, and you go on and do I know you got a lot of things to do. We're very grateful to have you uh, here for this one, and we're looking forward to doing some other stuff with you next year, because from here on out, I'm going to be doing uh, some UFO stuff, and the movie stuff is going to come to an end until next year, so you were the last one to do it this year with me. If you want to say bye to everybody so we can wrap this up and...
1: Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me. Uh, Doing this kind of stuff is awesome. Um, I'm a huge, like I mentioned before, I'm a huge movie fan, and to be able to kind of get out there and chit-chat with someone else about this kind of stuff is great. And whenever you want me to come back uh, next year, whenever you start the movie stuff back up, you just let me know, and I'll be there.
0: This is your home, and you will be here. So for the great... Jay Lenderman, I am Paul Rojo, letting you know that somewhere between good and evil, you will find me bringing you this Tales from the Abyss. May all of you have a wonderful and safe Christmas. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for subscribing.